Guess what, Lions? For as little as $5 a month, you can get access to exclusive bonus audio content and help this program grow by joining the Lions of Liberty Pride. To learn more, head over to lionsofliberty.com slash support. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here's your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire. All right, you know what? I'm, I'm going to skip the usual intro because I, I'm just not feeling it today. I just want to get right to my guests, my crew, my Lions of Liberty, starting with... Why don't we start with Rico? Why don't we start with Rico? I don't think I've ever brought in Rico first. Rico from Cleveland, Ohio, our personal, our, personal, our private, our, our uh, legal counsel. I'm going to make an embarrassing admission today. Please do. I've been watching a lot of Sean Hannity lately, and I can't get enough. It's it's great. It makes me like we've got our cold open. A neocon of liberty. Every show, just because I delight in in all this um, nonsense with uh, FISAgate or whatever you call it, and every show it's like breaking news, and it's not breaking at all. It's stuff we've been reading about the entire day. But it's I, same I, news. Yeah, and it's nothing, no new materials, but he sells it so well. It's like, oh, we got brand new information? No, not really. But I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just like the open. So. Somebody call Sean Hannity. I'll never forget that fucking debate with Donald <laughs> Wait, Trump. Wait, what? Did he say <sighs> that? He, the, the debate where he just kept saying, hey, Sean Hannity knows. I told Sean Hannity I was against the – someone just call Sean Hannity. He said it like 10 times. It was the cold open of one of our, our libertarians <laughs> in the Vigor and Striking Liquors back I had today. numerous conversations with Sean Hannity at Fox. Sean Hannity said very strongly to me and other people, he's willing to say, but nobody wants to call him. But nobody calls Sean Hannity. If somebody would call up Sean Hannity... By the way, this is, of course, Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor, where I gather a few of my fellow Lions of Liberty. We drink some booze. We talk liberty. We have no script. We have no plan. But I will tell you that it's episode 334. It's only important because you're going to need the show notes because I'm going to re-listen to this when I'm sober and write them up and link to everything we mention over at lionsofliberty.com slash 334. Before I move on to my other guest, Rico, uh, what are you drinking? I'm drinking some yingling. Throwing a change up, a little unusual for me. I don't know why I said all right. I don't like yingling. I'm just glad you're drinking. Really either, but I've heard Odie talk about it so much, and I haven't had it in quite some time. And then I remembered I didn't like it in college. So, fucking. I don't think I ever liked it. I think I pretended to at one point just because I wanted to feel fit to fit in. We had to, but I'm 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 too old for that. The alumni would yell at us if we didn't like yingling, like there's some kind of. You try try rushing a fraternity in Pennsylvania with and acting like you don't like yingling. (laughs) Good luck. Good luck with the ladies, pal. All right, moving along. Speaking of, uh, well, everybody that's coming on is in a fraternity or, or was in a fraternity. I don't know how, how people define that. Some people are in it for life. Some people are like, I'm in it for four years, and then uh, I don't care, but whatever. We're somewhere in the middle. But anyway, he is the godfather. He is the man who first introduced me to the ideas of liberty by giving me a Harry Brown book, telling me that Ron Paul existed. He is Howie Snowden from Leesburg, Virginia. Yep, and unlike you heathen Connecticut I, what's someone from Connecticut called in Ohio? Connecticutian. <laughs> I made that up. Uh, People from Connecticut are not dislike. called Ohioans. But. <laughs> I'm, a tr- I'm a true Pennsylvanian, proud of the Eagles. I love me some Yingling, though I'm not drinking it tonight. I've got Andrea got this awesome beer. It's from the Aslan Beer Company. It's a local the Asland beer, beer Company. 
That's what I thought it was called at first. Who knows? Aslan, like A S L I N. I was like, Aslan? What? Like the lion? Is that the, Co- isn't that the lion from. Oh, hey, there he is. Yeah, this is a uh, Coco Maypalm. It's uh, Imperial Stout with maple syrup, 10% alcohol. It's excellent. 10%? Uh oh. Watch out for how long, how long have you been drinking, Howie? I know. I just this is, I just cracked the first one of, while we were trying to get set up, so I've just been drinking okay. for about 10 minutes. Well, we should be okay for at least another five minutes, I think. I waited when I saw that ten percent. I'm like, I better hold off on that. Yeah, those those high percentage beers they are they are dangerous and fun. Moving along, JB, we heard him comment about. So is that is that actually based on Aslan from the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Is there like a picture of a lion on it? No, oh, I have no idea. Stupid. All I know is it's like eight dollars a can. All right. Well, the man with the Lion, Witch, <laughs> and the Wardrobe reference there, JB Lubin from the brother, the brother, the, the city of brotherly love. <laughs> Hey, Mark. Not a racial, that was not a racial comment, JB. Oh, no. I, I know that's what my city's called. Familiar. Yes. <laughs> it's not brotherly love. It's brotherly love. Exactly. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing good. And I, I guess I would ask you what you're drinking, but I, I, I have some insider information from our Liberty email chain that you are actually, I don't even know. I was covering this uh, at work today, so uh, like 12 hours ago. So I, you have probably been drinking for quite some time. I'm amazed you're even on the show. Tell us about your day a little bit. Don't just tell us what you're drinking now. I want to hear about all your adventures. I'll give you mm, 40 minutes and then we'll do Liberty for 10 at the end. How about that? Well, I don't need 40 minutes. I don't even know if I need 40 seconds. I just went to uh, the <laughs> Eagles Super Bowl parade today instead of working, which I normally do on a Thursday. Uh, it was a great time. I, you know, I had a few libations and cheered on the team, even though I'm actually a Jets fan, originally from New York, in case no one knew, because I'm always introduced as being from Philly. Right. I'm really yeah. when I say from, none yeah. of us are from the places other than Rico. He's from Ohio, like legitimately. None of us that I ever introduce are from the place that they are at. We all have well, migrated. Odie, Odie, in our lives. John is from. Oh yeah, Odie Pittsburgh. too. That's true. So yeah, Odie is true. Yeah. Odie Just and Rico, Rico are the John. only OGs. Exactly. The rest of us, um, you know, we grew up and moved on. Yeah, free wheelers, <laughs> you know. Exactly. Take us wherever. I, I didn't say I'd anything love, like that. I'd love to live it, move back to Scranton, but there's no jobs. Yeah, and I, I really just not, moved like two and a half yeah. hours down the turnpike, so it's not much of a grand excursion on my part. Isn't Trump bringing them back? No, they're not. They haven't reopened the steel mills in old in old Scranton. I don't know. I, did, I don't think I'm cut out for being a coal miner. So, I, <laughs> I when I picture Howie as a coal miner, I just picture Derek Zoolander. <laughs> Oh, yeah, really. I, I see it right now. I think I've got the back a- lung. Actually, so there's a, a Wegmans in Scranton, and they have, like, these, like, old-timey pictures. And there's one of, like, a bunch of people working in a coal mine, and the one dude looks exactly like me. It's like <laughs> like I'm a time traveler or something, went back in the past. It's like the end of mines. The Shining when you see Jack Nicholson, like, <laughs> 60 years earlier. I hope that's not my future. I hope I'm not going to go back in time and work in a coal mine. It's your past, Howie. It's your past. We'll see. Time has come and gone. So uh, we normally have no script, but I think we've gone above and beyond today on having literally no plan whatsoever because I've had a hectic month or so. Uh, I know we're all pretty busy in life, except Rico. He's just like looking up flat earth videos or something. But, uh, you know, we're we're mostly busy. And uh, what were you going to say, Howie? I'd actually like to hear what. So Rico's been watching all the Sean Hannity about the. Yeah, let's get more. Let's get more of the Sean Hannity. I agree. So, let's, so, let's so Rico, Rico, what have what have what's the breaking news? What's been going on? What's like the the latest in the scandal? Well, hey, by the way, 
By the way, we, we skipped a couple of things. <laughs> I'm drinking vodka and cranberry because it's the only drink in my new house that I just moved into. The two items of alcohol I had. And uh, JB, I don't know if we got to what you're actually drinking at the moment either. Yeah, no yingling for me, though, but I have to chime in that lager is excellent. It's like the greatest, cheapest beer you can get. Uh, but okay. I am drinking a Pennsylvania beer from Philly. Yards, Love Stout, really good. Highly recommend it. All right, free, free plug for those guys. Anyway. Rico, Sean Hannity, let's hear about it. <laughs> um, well, generally, they spend the first two minutes talking about everyone's hair. I'm not lying. They'll debate who has better hair between him and Tucker Carlson. So they, they like to wait. They like to between they, Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson. Yeah, they like to open their show with some playful banter. Or uh, it's actually wait, are they on the same show? No, no, they they like lead into each other. You know. Tucker oh, Carlson's I see. So, like, Tucker tosses it. And then they're to, like, we're tossing it to Sean Hannity. And more like gotcha. Sean Hannity, and I think it's Laura Ingram um, who's after him. I don't know. This is re- ridiculous that I know this because I haven't watched Fox News since 2000 when I was full on GW fan, which also embarrassing. Um, but I just, like, I was so happy with all this Pfizer well, stuff. And now on. you're a full-on John Hannity fan, so it's really <laughs> I just I just have to listen to it because it makes me so happy <laughs> how crooked they are. <laughs> I just delight in it. And no one delights in crooked Democrats more than Sean Hannity. So it's like we're, we're peers in this, even though he doesn't know it. So, <laughs> but... There's nothing new, nothing developing, even though every every show uh, opens with breaking news. And, you know, Pfizer, and it's all the, you know, everything. And a seven-second graphic that's like, yeah. breaking news. <laughs> There's missiles flying across the screen like, oh, the end of the world's coming. Let's do this. It's like, oh, another uh, Democrat said something about the Pfizer memo. Yeah. No. I'm, pretty right. su- I'm pretty sure anything he's talking about would be breaking news to any Democrat that has no idea about any of the stuff that's been going on. Yeah. Everything is breaking news to everybody. Nobody, and I'm not trying to exclude us. I mean, we all, we all seek out things that sort of even like subconsciously that, that back up our point of view. You see an article headline and it, let's let's say it's about marijuana legalization and I'm already for and for that. I'm more likely to read that article and more likely to share it. It's just like a natural human instinct, but there does seem to be (laughs) an extreme detachment. And again, I am in a different situation from you guys. I live out here in on the left coast. I live out here where most of my friends are somewhere between rationally liberal, but not really. And full on. We repeat everything that CNN says every single day, mostly that though. And there just seems to be no, it's like every single day when I'm at work, I hear somebody go, Oh my God, did you hear? And then it's just like, whatever the democratic talking point of the day about, uh, you know, Donald Trump said this to this guy, and that means that he's being impeached in two weeks. And they, they, and this has been going on for a year now, and nothing has changed. I mean, it, it, at no point – and the, the sad thing about this is there's so much legitimate if, – if the left wanted to be the left, wanted to be the anti-war, pro-civil liberties left, there's so much they could legitimately attack Donald Trump on because that's the area he's weakest. Foreign policy, uh, the war on drugs, civil liberties, the stuff where the left is supposed to be the strongest, the stuff that's supposed to be their bread and butter, they ignore all of it. They don't give a shit about that stuff. They only care about whatever the scandal of the day that makes Trump look bad because Russia, because whatever. It's all about this identity politics. It's all about 
Trump makes me angry. His hair is fucking white and is blowing in the wind. And that's way more important than all the things that we're supposed to fucking stand for. It's just, and I can't say any of this because I'm not about to flip out on my coworkers. It's just not good form. But I hear this everywhere. Coworkers, friends. I mean, this is this podcast is my safe space right now. This is the only place I can say these things and not just be taken as a uh, a Sean Hannity well I mean uh, look who I'm associating with the, the Sean Hannity lover Rico so maybe I will be known as a Sean Hannity lover but a Sean Hannity they always default to oh well you're just a Trump supporter I'm like no I don't even I don't agree with like 2% of his policies well maybe 2% I definitely agree with probably 2% but you know I agree with Obama's 2% it's not about that I'm against every president and I've been consistently against every president to all my friends for as long as I've talked about politics but it's everyone else who shifts in the wind based on not based on policy though not based on. Policy. You're even against Grover Cleveland. <laughs> I know you love it. Didn't he die in like a week or something? No, he died what, on my birthday. Which one died in a week? Yeah. He died on your birthday. Oh, McKinley, yeah. maybe. He probably. That's mentioned. not why. It's not why I like him. It's just odd. Was it McKinley <laughs> who died in like a week? I yeah. thought he died in Was a bathtub. Cleveland. So. I just said Cleveland's yeah, like I knew. Only, Cleveland served uh, non-consecutive terms. So no, when they they were leaving when they lost the election uh, after the first one, his wife told like the help like don't move any of the furniture. We'll be back in four years, and they were. But uh, anyways, I'm not a Hannity fan. I've actually was so pissed that he was in the Atlas Shrugged movie. It totally ruined the whole thing for me. <laughs> but Mark, I feel your pain. I don't live on the left coast, but I talk to my mom every day. And so today was the. Can you believe Trump wants to have this military parade? Blah blah blah. And I'm like, you know what, mom? Yeah, I don't think they should do it either. But really, who cares? I'm like, how about let's be upset about the troops still in Iraq and Afghanistan? Like, can we get upset about like something that actually matters? Do you think he's just thinking least, of I mean, ideas that? Well, yeah, he definitely is. I'm an- I'm answering my own question, but just what he wakes up in the middle of the night, he's like, I know it's going to piss him off really bad. Exactly. That's 100% what is happening. Yeah, I, I would bet you like 100 bucks there's not going to be a parade with like tanks going down. Well, it's already been scaled back. This is classic Trump. He starts with something bold and outrageous, and then it you know it pisses off his opponents because they're just waiting for something to pounce on at all times. And look, I don't want a military parade. Actually, I do. I I, I want to take a side note. I, lo- I love the spin a lot of libertarians and anti-war people have been taking. I've seen this for a few people. I wish I could name them all. I know I thought saw Thaddeus Russell say something to this effect, and I, I've seen other people say it. I, I don't know off the top of my head who they are, but the idea of I'm I'm all for a military parade for the troops when we bring them all home, like spinning spinning a Trump thing into a really a leftist position in a way uh, of of being anti-war and bringing troops home and, and spinning things that way. But anyway, yes, he definitely sits around and thinks of what will infuriate people. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he'd love a military parade where they're all you know there's tanks to the street and they're all saluting him. But I don't think that. Is his end goal? I think his end goal is to, as always, same thing with the national anthem stuff with the NFL, inflame the left so they're so hyperbolic that his base has cannot possibly identify with with being against him ever. So it distracts from the policies, it distracts from everything, but it makes the left so insane that 
and when I say his base, I really just mean like normal people that aren't insane. I mean like the people that voted for Trump. A lot of those were Obama voters. A lot of those were Bernie Sanders primary voters. It's not like they're hardcore Republicans necessarily. A lot of them are, of course. But it's really he's so good at inflaming the opposition to completely distract from the issues and to ensure to shore up his base and the, and the people that are and keep the opposition sidelined, keep them sitting on their fucking hands at the State of the Union, like Brian went into on ELL and and not even clapping or anything when when Trump is you know applauding uh, black uh, black employment or what have you I'll, and I'll, you know, he's, he's about to he's about to possibly make a deal to make 18 million illegal people that are currently here legal 18 and you're not million, and you're not going to see that's what I saw in the the deal that was being proposed that they were discussing with Schumer that uh, that, that's kind of been put on the back burner all right, well, shit, whatever. It's still a lot. It's a lot. It's, all, the only number I know is it's three times as many as Obama because that's what he keeps saying. There you go. Yeah, uh, he's just he's just he's masterful. It's it's like if you just list me Trump's policies, some of them are good, some of them are bad. But watching him just just sweep the floor uh, rhetorically with people and get the exact reaction you know he wants, it's it's something incredible to watch. And now I, I don't want the wall, but I thought for sure after the last shutdown and everything happened, when he was saying, I'm offering three times as many uh, illegals amnesty, and but I need the wall. We need to do something for security. I thought for sure he was going to get the goddamn wall. But now it looks like they just, they're just they agreeing to some spending deal. Of course, we all knew that was coming. It's going to be like $300 billion more than normal, but I, I don't think there's a wall involved. I'm shocked to shit that I, I thought for sure – this was like a master play, and you get as well. All Trump Not wants want is one panel, one one three foot section of a wall that he and a new a fortified area that he can take a picture of and post on Twitter and be like, "Wall." That's all he needs. He doesn't, you know, it's never going to be a full wall extending along the border. There's already a border fence that was approved in like 2005 or something under Bush and um, funded somewhat under Obama. It just needed more funding. And that's all that's going to happen, if anything. That gets a little more funding for fortification. And they Trump might literally take a picture himself and post it on Instagram. And he'll be fine with that. Because it's all about the visual idea of I'm trying to secure the country. It has nothing to do with reality, obviously. I think we all, I think even Trump, uh, proponents pr- have to agree with that at some point. Uh, it, it's about his masterful use of rhetoric and bold language to get the exact reaction he wants, and he gets it every time. It's really incredible. No wonder he's president. I I, re- I really enjoy it until I remember how much more like the militarism is being ramped up. I, I heard, I think the civilian deaths are up. I forget it was like a hundred or three hundred percent or something. We're running out of bombs. Like they're factories are trying to pump them out like crazy because we're expending so many more bombs like in all these war efforts it's that sucks he is uh a lot of what he does i like and a lot of what he does makes me laugh so hard but jesus christ this is the most important thing and if the fucking left were attacking on that peace is popular everybody votes for the peace candidate people compared to Hillary, thought Trump was, people thought Obama was, George Bush campaigned on a humble foreign policy, no nation building or intervention, and he won. It's like, God damn it, peace is popular. Can someone like run on it and mean it and do it? And can we stop killing people all over the world and bring our troops home and stop asking them to risk their lives for bullshit? So I had a... I'd have a parade then. I had a thought about this. um, When you're talking about a peace candidate, obviously we think of Ron Paul, but... If Ron Paul happened to win, don't you think that he would have been smeared the same way with the Russia bullshit? 
And I think he would have been far less effective combating it than Trump is because he was he was on, you know, Russia Today all the time. And, you know, there's no doubt he would if he was the Republican candidate, he would have said, oh, you know, we don't need to be um, in a Cold War with Russia. We should be normalizing relations. So if he won, Clinton would have done the same thing and they would have been attacking him. And clearly many parts of the deep state would not have uh, cared for a, a peace president like Ron Paul. So I think they would have been smearing him the same way to try to get him out. But I, I don't th- think he's tactically there with Trump to kind of combat well, it. But I, I don't know. Just a- as, as soon as you said that, I agreed with you. But now the more I think of it, I could see him going out and doing like a, like a national address and just you can tell he's honest and he means what he fucking says when he says it. I kind of I don't know. He might be able to attack it in a different way just by being open, totally transparent, releasing so much information, showing us what's really going on and has been going on. I mean, sure, he'll probably get killed if he does that. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Good point. He, they would, they're going to sabotage anyone that tries to do, do this. The military-industrial complex and everything has so much invested in riding on it, just like making people filthy rich, that it's going to be a hard fight for all of us. It would be yeah, great uh, to see. Oh, sorry. There you are. Go ahead. Wait, no. I, I mean, you got to let JB talk. Yeah, I was just going to say that peace isn't really good for anyone's bottom line, which is why, you know, they give a lot of lip service to peace during the election campaign. But ultimately, you know, the military industrial complex, as you brought up, you know, pays all the bills and they get what they want. It's peace much is very effective. That. Yeah. Like, it's very effective in campaigns. Literally, Ron Paul said this a million times, and he's right. When it when it came to come down to when it comes down to the last two candidates, the more peace candidate has won every time in my lifetime. Every time, it's all it's all relative. Sometimes it's close. You know, I don't think George W. H. W. Bush versus Clinton was a big difference, even in rhetoric. Uh, but kind of, I mean, but you know, both Bushes ran on being a little, at least slightly more restrained in foreign policy. A lot of times, the differences aren't stark. Uh, yeah, when I don't it comes recall to Al Gore candidates. being much of a war hawk, but I was uh, right. I was younger in that. What was that? Two thousand. I don't know if Gore was, but he so so he was tied in with Clinton, and he supported Clinton's uh, policy of bombing uh, Bosnia and that whole situation. And Bush was critical of it, and he he spoke in his campaign uh, very much against foreign intervention and against nation building. So in that one, I think it was actually fairly not maybe not a huge difference. It's not like um, I think the difference was starker with Kerry and Bush and, and rhetoric, but there was still a difference there. Hey, something I learned today, listen to this But Carrie didn't win, so maybe that's wrong. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I thought that, ahead. thinking about presidents in my lifetime, I thought Carter was pretty pro-peace, but I found out today that apparently he gave the nod to uh, Saddam Hussein to like, yeah, you could go ahead and uh, attack Iran. No probs. I was like, holy shit. Carter? No, really? no probs, all, Yeah, I was about to say, Carter was the only one I could actually think of as being a peace president in like the rec- in our recent history but now you just blew that all up is carter the only ex-president who's not super rich he probably is he's not <laughs> i don't know he's richer I, than I, mean, I am for sure <laughs> i've never thought about it because every other one i mean obviously the clintons are the bushes are um well and that's the only ones that are alive i guess so trump is is gerald but ford dead since i guess he's he's um, dead is he dead yeah, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> if he's alive, he's not very interesting. Clearly. We never talk about him. <laughs> Doesn't seem to be at a lot of events. So I've got to Google this Jimmy Carter net worth. 
He's got to be rich. He just does that Habitat I mean, for Humanity thing, but I don't know if he's... He's certainly he, uh, not... Seven, net worth $7 million. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I'll take that. Good for him. He's not Nancy Pelosi rich. But. Uh, she did, did a great thing for the country today. Her eight-hour speech. Almost <laughs> a lot. Did you hear any of it? Uh, I, I, I did when I... She, she talked for eight hours. Uh, I didn't even know Nancy Pelosi gave a speech. Yeah, or had yeah. ever it given a speech in her life. for the house matter. speech since like 1908 uh, about like DACA stuff. It wasn't an actual filibuster. She was just wanted to vent her frustration at, at Trump. But the only thing I heard from her speech was that her like uncle or no, her like nephew or something like wishes he was Hispanic. What? That's, that's, can you, can you, <laughs> can you explain or, you know... All, all the news articles I read, like the only like quote I found about her eight-hour speech was that she quoted that you know even her little nephew wishes like his one wish was that he was Hispanic. Okay, it's not that great <laughs> nephew of Nancy Pelosi. Let me tell you from experience. <laughs> her one wish is that her nephew is Hispanic. <laughs> no, the nephew wishes. I guess I don't know. I don't know what kind of I'm speech. Con- I'm confused. I'm confused by anyone that wishes anyone was any race. Like I just don't. I don't understand. I mean, she sounds like she has Alzheimer's like half the time she's speaking. So I, I could imagine what this eight-hour speech was like. Uh, I thought Ted I Cruz know. spoke for like 23 hours. Did that not happen? That or? would be in the same. Yeah. But you have no limits on your oh, yeah, time? Oh, okay. I didn't even think okay. people in the House could speak that long because you can't filibuster in the House, right? There's. It, was, it wasn't a filibuster. She was just venting. Oh, fair it enough. was funny that... There was someone who was sitting behind her that fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I've fallen asleep in movies, so. The idea, just just thinking about Nancy Pelosi talking for eight hours makes me sleepy. So I can't imagine actually sitting and watching it. I will say she was nice to us congressional pages, though. Some of the, a lot, a lot of those Democratic Congress people were not, but she was always nice. Though I disagree with just about everything she ever stood for. Well, we'll give her that. I'll give her that. But she's a nice person, though, which is which is good. She was, yeah. Well, yeah, props to her for that. Be, she was nice. She was nice to Howie. What is she like? Seventy-eight. <laughs> oh, no, she's nice to you. Is she nice to everybody, or maybe she's at the hots for you, Howie. Me too. Me, Me too. too. Moment. <laughs> <laughs> you should tweet out Nancy in in nineteen ninety six. Nancy Pelosi. Walked by me and said, "Hi, hun. How are you doing today?" Hashtag Me Too. I joke, but uh, honestly, the Me Too thing is—it's both good and bad. But it, it's good in the sense, to the extent that it outs actual creeps, even if they're not committing crimes. Like I don't care. I have no problem with people acting creepy, like getting outed and known about it in public and facing whatever consequences consequences come from that i'm kind of all about that actually it's it's, it's what we libertarians talk about a lot it's the 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 free market consequences of, of like inappropriate behavior that's not necessarily criminal um but but now i'm afraid that it will be like some behavior like that will become criminal you know you'll you'll call whipping out your dick in your own apartment with two girls that voluntarily came there criminal which it's gross and weird but if he's not stopping them from leaving 
that's obviously not criminal. Talking to you, Louis C.K., you weirdo. But he didn't. He committed no crime, as far as I can tell. I know this is old news, but it, it, I hear about it every day because it seems like every day there's a new accusation of sexual assault. Or and then when you read about it, you're like, well, this wasn't sexual assault. It was just like you know, weird people being creepy. But that's it's not illegal to be creepy, nor should it be, <laughs> unless creepy involves physically, you know, blocking someone or touching them there's definitely can be a line somewhere and should be but there has to be a line and now it seems like there's not side rant so so there was a new uh me too accusations today hitting the libertarian world uh three former employees uh cato institute uh, wait wait wait, hold on hold on cue the breaking news graphic breaking news breaking news we were all trying to figure out earlier who uh julie Borowski was alluding to on twitter who is the libertarian that was accused it was um ed crane one of the co-founders of the cato institute i thought it was going to be brian mcwilliams after his misogynistic emails came to light <laughs> <laughs> oh i wish it was brian but yeah what yeah, if that I, was I have scandal? to say Ed Crane was pretty underwhelming when 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 Julie tweeted that I was I was hoping for yeah. someone you know I'd actually everyone definitely before. there's no one that didn't immediately go oh McAfee what don't you, you, don't you wish you it was like yeah pretty much Nick Sarwak or like Arvin I don't know how to say his last name but whatever <laughs> that would have been great but whatever I, I'm I'm glad it's a, I'm glad it's a Cato person because now the Mises Institute can come back at all the racism charges with oh those sexual harassers. <laughs> Um, let, let's discuss that for a minute, if you don't mind. Why would I care if you minded? Um, I have mixed feelings on the Arvin Vora thing because strategically as, you know, a representative of a party, it's, it's probably not the why I don't think it's ever wise to focus on fringe or extremely difficult issues. Um, you know, I think it's best to focus on broad issues that libertarians generally have agreement on purely from a strategic standpoint I'm talking about now. War on drugs, foreign policy, civil liberties. That's the stuff that I think the Libertarian Party and um, politically active libertarians should be broadly discussing for the most part. Um, but when like, I'm not defending Arvin Vora as the uh, vice chair of the Libertarian Party, but I do think that the points he has tried to bring up – in his uh, his diatribes and what have you are not irrelevant. Okay, just the the idea of of age of consent laws and how they screw people over. I mean, we've seen so many cases. Just just even on this kind of stuff that Odie has brought up on Felony Friday, you have a 19 year old who gets drunk and makes out with a 17 year old, and now that 19 year old is a criminal 20 years later and has to register as a sex offender for the rest of their lives. There's obviously a problem with our system in some place now. I don't think an eight-year-old can consent. It's, Walter Block has discussed this on the show before. It's a continuum, and there's not a def- definitive line that I think humans can necessarily ever come to. So I don't have answers here, but there's a real problem when when people who are very close in age have a consensual act together, and because of some arbitrary line, now one half of that that consensual, very clearly consensual relationship is criminalized. I saw one where the, I think the there were like it was like a twenty one and a nineteen year old or twenty six and a nineteen year old, like definitely no criminal charges except there's criminal charges. So me too, and it relates to me too in the sense that the the further we push the line towards, no matter what you do, if if society sort of thinks it's sexually inappropriate, it becomes criminal. That gets more and more dangerous to the point that almost anybody could end up in jail or have their life ruined for really doing some normal things. I'm not saying a 21-year-old with an 8-year-old is normal. That should be condemned. A 19-year-old with a 17-year-old, 
that's not that uh, abnormal. And and even if it was a little abnormal, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't ruin the nineteen year old's life for life. And rant again. I, I agree with that. But if you remember, a lot of us wanted Arvin out before this even came up. And even he likes to push buttons. Is he does technically technically right. What a shit position to try to attract people to the Libertarian Party. Yeah, I that's I agree. whatever. His some of his ideas, I may disagree with some, um, but. It's less that than if we're trying to like grow a movement and make a difference and do something. He's one of the worst absolute people to fucking have in that position. Gentlemen. Well, I wouldn't necessarily he he might he might be the worst person to have in that position, but I There's don't probably think it's some worst of anything people. he's saying. He, <laughs> like Richard he Spencer would worst, probably be a worse vice chair. Yeah. It, it doesn't even matter. But it, it, there's the definitely liber- other reasons why it's not ideal. It's only because like how how much of the stuff that he's saying is really getting out to the general public? I think all he ever does is really rile up other libertarians. Correct. It's irrelevant. I don't think he's having much of an impact on the general populace and their perception of libertarianism. You're right, because be the Libertarian Party honest. never has and never will, especially on this track. It's been a failure for the 40-some years it's been in existence. It's going to continue down that road. I mean... It's even driving out like the great p- people, like Larry Sharp's dropped out of the LNC. He doesn't want to be a part of this nonsense. It's, I mean, I know Odie wants to like work hard, try to reform it, take the power back, whatever, and they had the good people in the Mises Caucus, but whatever. Y'all pushing a rock up a hill, like what's his name? Is it Sisyphus or whoever it is? But it's, uh, I have. Is that what syphilis was named after? Syphilis? Syphilis? I don't know. <laughs> whatever <laughs> Greek, Greek or Roman dude that pushes the stone. Yeah, the guy that pushes the rock yeah, up I the thing. And that's back that's what yeah. I think trying to save the Libertarian Party is like. It's it's a disgrace what, what they become. It's I hate it. I don't want it, anything to do with it. I love the philosophy of libertarianism. I love freedom. I cannot stand the Libertarian Party. Uh, again, though, Howie, if you're going to think about this rationally, like, okay, what is the Libertarian Party? Nothing. It's just a group of <laughs> no, but it's a group of people who join it and then reflect it. So I'm not even saying it's realistic. I'm just saying, rationally speaking, if enough people that think like you take over the Libertarian Party, it will be different. Like, is that not correct? If it's obviously a big, it's if, not going to happen. But if, it could always be just something inherent with even the party if, system. Even if people like me took it over, it still wouldn't do anything because it's still not if seventy percent of people that joined the Libertarian Party thought like Howie Snowden, it would obviously be different. The party would be different, but it would still probably be right. irrelevant. Oh, I'm not saying it would be relevant. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> but would you stop that's hating it? Not, that's not the point. Would argument. you stop oh, hating stop. it? Oh, yeah, I would stop hating it then. But, I mean, if we just look at it. Good. So let's make the, more the Howie Snowden, damn it. Or we could have people like Ron Paul and Rand Paul and Austin Peterson that are running as Republicans and have been getting elected or could be getting elected actually get in Congress or the Senate and make a difference instead of this, like, fringe infighting over ridiculous ideas when people agree like 99.9% of all this other shit, but we're going to like tear each other apart over this nonsense and do nothing and go nowhere forever. Sorry. I'm just so frustrated with libertarian nonsense. It's don't you ever apologize for ranting on this program. That's exactly why I'm here (laughs) guys. We're going to take a break from the ranting and from everything for just a minute. We're actually going to hear a little advertisement voiced by someone who's not on the show. Mr. Brian McWilliams has a fur few or has a fur has a few words for you. And we'll be right back. Hey guys, you might remember that I recently said that this is the libertarian moment. 
and that we need more people to stand up and run for office. Now, if you're tired of watching Liberty erode and you plan to stand up and run for office, I want you to call on a team that has over 20 years experience, Global Alliance Communications. They specialize in data analytics, identifying and mobilizing voters. They offer live voter outreach, data acquisition, compliance, recorded messages, text messaging with full social media touchpoints, and teletown halls. Campaigns of all types and sizes are encouraged to reach out, and you can find out more by visiting their website at www.gacigroup.com or email info at gacigroup.com. All right, and we are back here on episode 334 of the Lions of Liberty podcast. And if you're new to the show, well, welcome, first of all. But I want to let you know that this is not the only format of this program. We have many, many formats of the show. I do host this program every single Monday here, the flagship OG Lions of Liberty podcast, where I often interview uh, people in the leaders in the libertarian movement, thought leaders, political leaders, that sort of thing. But occasionally, more often now than before, because I'm really, I'm really enjoying these. So we're going to do them maybe once, sometimes twice a month now. Uh, libertarians in the living room drinking liquor. You're listening to it right now. If you're still listening, 35 or so minutes in, you're probably enjoying yourself. So this is where we shoot the shit. This is where we just see where things go. But I often have some f- more formatted shows, and then we toss it over every. Wednesday to Brian McWilliams. Uh, unfortunately, we don't do a toss. We should start doing that. A toss where, uh, like the the Tucker Carlson to Hannity toss, like at the end of, the, of my <laughs> show, I'm like, all right, and now uh, here comes Brian. No, you definitely, <laughs> then you he definitely have a better hair than Brian. <laughs> That's really where I was leading with this, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we can skip the two-minute buildup, I suppose. Yes, the point being, the punchline is, yes, Mark, your hair's better. Let's start. <laughs> That's my rendition of the ELL music. But yes, every Wednesday, Brian McWilliams brings you comedy, culture, and liberty with Electric Liberty Land. And don't forget, John Odie Odermatt, also not present tonight, bringing you his weekly look at the broken criminal justice system on Felony Friday. So hit that subscribe button, mofos, because you don't want to miss a thing, especially ranting here every single Monday. So what else can we rant about? Before I uh, ask you guys anything about what you want to rant about, because we're halfway through the show or so, and I did ask the pride this. We got a lot of responses, actually. We're, there's no way in hell we're getting through all the stuff here. But about 40, literally 40 minutes, 42 minutes for, or so, or 48 minutes, actually, because I posted it in the picture. Uh, I asked the Pride secret Facebook group because our Lions of Liberty Pride members get their own Facebook group separate from our public forum the Lions of Liberty Forum, which any of you can join just by requesting membership. And if you look normal, if you answer the question of where you first heard about Lions of Liberty, you'll get right in there. Have a lot of great conversations in there. So please do come on over. Uh, it's probably, honestly, no joke, one of the most respectful uh, libertarian-minded forums on the internet. Let me just say that. But uh, you can get in the secret Facebook group where you get to ask us questions directly and really influence the show by joining the Lions of Liberty Pride by giving us at least five bucks a month over at lionsofliberty.com slash support. Be sure to check that out. But I did uh, post out to the Pride. Do you have anything you want us to talk about? Because, like I said, none of us, well, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm mostly speaking for myself. We're generally not prepared for the show ever, but I'm really, un- I was really unprepared for today's show. I didn't even, I haven't seen the news in weeks. I didn't know Rico was like this deep on the Hannity thing, but we do have a, a lot of uh, suggestions for topics. And, and I, I uh, got first a lot one, of suggestions from yeah. the Sean Hannity Pride too, if we run out of suggestions from the, Sh- uh, the Lions Liberty Pride. So. Are you a <laughs> member of the Sean Hannity Pride or are you oh, yeah. a founder? I'm in the, the $100 a month club so I can get a 
free FaceTime call with him every month. Wait, you give us five a month and you give Sean Hannity one hundred. Well, you gotta you gotta make tough decisions sometimes. And honestly, you know. the fact that you give us five and still our our host is pretty fucking ridiculous too, if you think about it. So whatever, we'll take it. Moving on. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna name. I'm just gonna go down the list. I'm not even gonna mess with this. We're not gonna get to anywhere near all of these things. Maybe we'll have time for a quick pride bonus. I don't know. Uh, but Clint Rankin, good guy. Clint Rankin has been in the pride for quite some time, and he wants us to talk about drugs, sex, and rock and roll. And that was his first comment with uh, some laughy faces, so maybe that's not 100% serious. But he also wants to talk about Ben Swan being back, memos, and Henry Kissinger's, quote, accomplishments. This is a three-hour show he just laid out for us, so I don't know where we're going to go with it. Uh, JB, just to make sure you're awake, uh, I'll let you take this wherever you want. (laughs) Anything you just heard... If it's interesting to you, talk about it. Well, I I guess drug, sex, and rock and roll get a thumbs up from me. I think um, we could all thumbs that up, no problem. Yeah, um, but I just barely saw something about Ben Swan doing something about crypto. Is that right? No, I really no, am no, not no. up on what Ben he Swan is. He's, he's sponsored by Mammo, didn't he? He's the, he had this reality talk, or what was it called? Reality check. Was reality check. Reality but I mean, his new episode program. was about the the FISA memo. I thought. Yeah, he, he does stuff like that. He had a this thing going for a while, but after he did something on PizzaGate, the media company they worked for like had him delete all his social media and stop doing this. And so he was just, he was just like relegated to being like a local news reporter talking about mundane shit. But uh, the cryptocurrency Dash is funding him to go back and do like this investigative reporting type stuff. And so I guess, Rico, you said he's he was reporting on FISAgate now? He did yeah. a thing on the memo. I saw that. Yeah, it was like five minutes. It wasn't – it was basically um, – you know, the same kind of rehash that maybe we're just like so into it that everything seems a rehash because we read all those links at like eight o'clock in the morning. And then everything <laughs> after that seems like, yeah, I already know all this shit because I just read 20 news articles. I tried to it, keep but. my lions well informed on uh, everything that's going on, whether it's just rumor or proven. So Do you pl- ever play the game with the links? Like, oh, this this link is from Washington Post. Oh, these next three are from Washington. And they're always right. Do you ever do that? Well, I guess since you're sending the link, sometimes, you don't really need sometimes, because I I don't know if you guys will click on it, I'll put like who it's from at the end, like because it'd be like oh whatever, but I'm like no, this is CNN reporting this. <laughs> like, can you believe that? Yeah. <laughs> like, if if it, if there's debunked in um, all caps, I'm like okay, this is either CNN or HuffPo. So I'm I'm right about ninety percent of the time, I think. Yeah. But anyways, I think I hijacked whatever thread you guys were going down. No, no, I think it's great that Ben Swan is back. I'm glad Dash is paying for that. Um, there's a lot of... I like seeing there's a lot of cryptos like uh, Zencash. They're uh, sponsoring like Scott Horton's show. They're Scott sponsoring the Lava Flow. You know, they're a lot... Well, shit, we gotta get sponsored by a cryptocurrency. Oh yeah, we do. <laughs> but this is a great segue to tell people that they can donate if you don't want to join the Pride for whatever silly reason, or you do want to join the Pride. By the way, we have tons of bonus podcasts in the in the Pride, including we'll probably do at least something after the show. You might, you guys might go on longer. We'll see how long how much time we have. But we'll always do bonus shows. You get a bunch of them every month. We get conspiracy corners. Rico is the the expert conspiracy researcher. You need to hear his research and analysis of every conspiracy from the flat Earth 
to Waco to et cetera, et cetera, to all of them. Uh, we will have a conspiracy corner in, in, in another week or two, as well as, of course, the League of Liberty podcast, where Roger Paxton and Chris Bangle duked it out like nothing. I've honestly, I've never felt so awkward just sitting by myself in, in front of a microphone before. But you, you, gotta, you can only hear this stuff by joining the Lions of Liberty Pride. So check it out, lionsofliberty.com slash support. But if you don't want to do that, or even if you do want to do that and want to give us even more money via cryptocurrency, head over to lionsofliberty.com slash donate. There's like literally, I think it's like eight cryptocurrencies you can donate to us right now. We have all sorts of wallets set up. I'm pretty sure it's really just so Brian can uh, embezzle funds into like Vegas trips. But you know what? Whatever. We don't need to get into the details. You can donate LTC, Litecoin, SiaCoin, Doge. Uh, I don't even know what BAT is. What is it? What is it's that? Basic Howie? attention token. Basic attention token. We take that apparently too. I don't even know what it is. That is something uh, Bitcoin that you can and use, Like, say uh, YouTube decides to demonetize our show, people can use Bastards. the Brave browser, which blocks advertising, except for when they go to a site like ours, a content creator that registers. They can donate bat to you, so that way you can, no matter, you know, you don't have to worry about the YouTubes and the Facebook censoring you and not letting you get ad revenue. This way, people can block those ads but still contribute to the content creators they support. Oh, that sounds quite useful, actually. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like the kind of thing we could use. I feel like I'm offended that we're not more blocked, to be honest. We're, we are, a lot of our stuff is demonetized. I want to get blocked. Why do I never? We got to. We got to be more controversial, guys. Got to say some crazy didn't, shit. I want to get outright banned from didn't something. Some of the system of downs, like stuff, or not? Wait, is that Dan's? What's the yeah, system, system is down? Uh, I was getting confused with the ban for a second. But yeah, I think some of his. I do uh, that all the time. Some of his conspiracy stuff might have gotten. I don't know. Maybe I. Well, I, yeah. I mean, he's been demonetized. We've all been demonetized. I mean, it takes nothing to be demonetized now by by YouTube. I mean. If you basically talk about anything but far left politics, you are demonetized. That is apparent. Do they tell you at least what they're demonetizing you for? I don't even Do know I'm demonetized. You like an email or something? No, no, oh no. I, I only know I'm demonetized because I go in and just look at our. Um, you, know, you look at your video manager and you can see what's demonetized. It used to be like one or two random things, so it's like whatever. I don't know who knows. We had some weird audio in there that they didn't like, but now it's like everything. Like maybe like there's one that's not. So you're like, what did I do wrong there? You know, it's basically everything is demonetized. You can't really, you know, you can um, you can protest it or like send a filing, but then it's a it's a weird paradox where you need like ten thousand views on each video, which because we don't even do videos, we're really just posting our audio up there on YouTube. Some people like to use YouTube to listen to podcasts for whatever reason, so we just put it up there for them. And uh, yeah, they they you know we don't get ten thousand views on that stuff, so uh, you know we can't even we can't even like file we can file it. They're like hey, cool, thanks for filing, but we can't get an actual manual review of it anyway because we don't have enough views. So it's just an endless feedback loop. And I don't care. I mean, our YouTube monetization is very minor, part of our, our revenue. But it's more of the principle. And, and the principle is, as many libertarians will say, YouTube can do whatever they want. And they can. But, you know, I'm allowed to bitch about it, too. And that's why so, yeah. I sent an email trying to get you guys to register as a content creator with uh, <laughs> with the basic attention token. So that way people can use the Brave browser and contribute to us in that way. And screw YouTube and screw Facebook and all these lefties trying to put us down. Honestly, I missed that one. Let's send it again. I'll send it again. <laughs> it's been a crazy month, man. I get, I see like one out of every 10 emails. I'm just like, I just browse them. I'm like, all right, I got the shit to do. And then I move on. That, so that's what's going on with me. <laughs> all right. I guess we should try to get a couple more pride members in or else Clint is the star. Clint should be the star though, because Clint Rankin 
is actually heavily involved in the group, not involved, just he started the group Walk the Walk, the Facebook group Walk the Walk, which you all must join. And you should also go to the Walk the Walk to Freedom com because we uh, he likes to rally libertarian groups, libertarian podcasters, and their fans to support different projects on the Donor C app. So we're doing that every month. We've helped out uh, our listener, our good supporter, Daniel Lee, $25 Prime member. I think he was actually our first $25 Prime member. Uh, Daniel Lee, uh, we helped him out when he had some discussion from Houston as well as his cousins. So, uh, And we've also helped out the Cajun Navy. We're a big part of funding the Cajun Navy's operations, which I, I don't know if you guys saw. The Cajun Navy was actually referenced in the, uh, the State of the Union address, which I thought was awesome. I mean, whatever else you think about Trump – I don't know whose idea it was for him to bring that up, but that's awesome. That's awesome that they got those props. Joe's a entrepreneurial or, um, you know, free it's market. It's not even entrepreneurial. These guys aren't yeah, making it. I know. I, I'm trying to find the word yeah. for, I guess that's it's okay. called a volunteer. <laughs> I'm a go. wordsmith. Yeah. <laughs> Voluntarism, you might call it. <laughs> yes. You don't need the uh, government to do everything for you to get things done quickly and uh, helpfully. I did notice Damn that Skippy. too. Yeah. Anyway, that's Clint Rankin. Check out Walk the Walk. Uh, but let's try to get a few more of these topics in. Uh, Austin Wilson brings up. Sorry, you got something to say, Howie? No, yeah, I hear no, some giggling. He brought up the uh, North Korea participation. Oh, you're on the, the same Olympics thread. And, yeah. yeah, of course I am. There you go. But uh, I was just gonna say, I, I was gonna say that's that's awkward. But do people realize that uh, it was back in like the late '80s? North Korea, like a North Korean terrorist, blew up an airliner, killing 115 people on it, trying to block the Seoul Olympic Games. Yeah, I, I remember. Even, oh, I, I don't know that. Because that, that happens, I'm like, man, I hope they don't do some shit at this one. I'm, you know, slightly worried. It's Well, they're participating in this one, so it would seem kind of odd if they would try to blow I, it up. I don't know. Right? I, I kind of don't think they would care if they killed some of their own people. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I think well, it's it's ridiculous what, what South South Korea seems so naive to me in this situation, thinking that because they're letting a few North Korean athletes on their team that it's somehow going to open up a dialogue. North Korea pulls this shit all the time where they act like they're going to re-engage the West or South Korea and they just string them along and then they just pull back and then they do whatever the fuck they want and they keep doing it over and over and over again. Well, um, we, we, keep, last- we keep giving them the excuse, though. We keep, you know, we're like have an army on their border. We keep practicing every year invading their country and <laughs> destroying their regime. Like if we actually did talk to them and signed a peace treaty and started like moving troops out, I think things could maybe be different. There's what do no you way. think? What do you think would happen if we pulled out of the the DMZ? Everything would just, you know, North Korea would not. Maybe they go. wouldn't invade because it would be a bloody war. But the whole North Korean state is, they're um, Kim Jong Un is cultivating this cult of personality. What do you think would happen to him if he suddenly allowed? modernization like complete modernization of the society where they get open access to information free markets people would learn what a piece of shit he is and what he's done and he would be murdered he would be gaddafi on the street i don't think he'll do that but they won't they'll no longer have the american boogeyman to be like this is why we have to fight we're starving because the americans have sanctions on us we they're trying to destroy us we got to toughen up and fight and 
resist. Like they wouldn't have that. It's like, oh, everything That's sucks. That's how they came to power in the first place. So their whole history of that family came to power demonizing America. That's how um, – Yeah, so if what, Kim Jong like Il- left them alone – and let them just suck on their own, and they have no one but the regime to blame. I'm just saying, whatever. Do you, think, you don't they, think they, they could I'm sure plant the try. seed that their suffering is still America? Even if we did nothing, even we send them aid still. The West sends them a ton of food, and it, they still blame the West for why people don't have food to eat. Like, they're always going to blame someone else for their problems, whether we're doing anything or not. And they'll, it's the way they can they justify will, yes, their own. Yes, they will try to do that, but it'll be a lot harder when... We're not there on their border with troops. I mean, people are waking up there. Information's getting in. They're getting, like, cell phones and movies and shit from the South and from China smuggled in, and people are starting to figure it out. But, you know, no one wants to say anything and, like, end up getting killed. It's going to take a while for enough people to get fed up enough, I think, and... I think it's really going to take people in the upper apparatus to do something for it ever to change because without that, then it's no matter how many people get information or cell phones or whatever, yeah, it, it's, they're, they're going to be scared, too scared. I feel like that might be more likely too with the way Kim Jong-un is just killing off high-ranking people. Like It may not be a better life for you just to go along with this. It might be getting too risky to be one of these higher people. It's like, shit, I might be next for no good reason. Apparently, like recently, he got super drunk and he was like raging at them and he called he wanted all his generals like in his room like first thing the next morning and they all showed up and he was all hung over and it's just like, what are you guys doing here? What's what's going on? He didn't totally didn't remember like even <laughs> about How did you like, hear this story? I don't I forget. It was in the news. But yeah, he was like, <laughs> he was just drunk and they thought they were in all this trouble and they show up and he's just hung over, doesn't know why they're there. And it's like, fuck, that's got to be tough living like that. It's like, man, I know we have it better off than the average North Korean, but this is getting a little scary. That's how I'd be feeling at least. So, Well, you know, that's why I'm kind of skeptical about what you're saying. It's like, yeah, we might have troops at the border, but we're there with South Koreans and we've been there for almost 70 years now. If we were going to just roll through that, and take over, I think we would have done I'm it saying. by now. If we weren't there all this time, I think they they probably would have taken the whole country and then it would have probably collapsed like Vietnam did. And now it probably the whole thing would probably be like a capitalist, normal, regular country. But they've had I don't us know to if, fight against. It doesn't sound like Russia or um, China are going to let North Korea collapse because without them, they already would have collapsed. They're still funneling money, food, technology. China and, definitely and, doesn't want them coming into China. That's for sure. Right. You'd, you'd think they'd, China would be more willing to deal with a refugee crisis than a, a mad nuclear or a madman with nukes. But I don't know. Uh, that's what I would prefer. I think it's only on the assumption that those nukes will never be pointed at them. It's the only reason they tolerate it. Because you're right. That's the only reason we're even talking about North Korea right now is because China has been propping them up for decades. And... That's really the fundamental problem. I with think this we've all, they we've would have always... collapsed and imploded like every country of that nature does eventually if they didn't have a huge superpower kind of keeping and them afloat. Part afloat. of the reason they do that is because China doesn't want us on their border. They like having that buffer zone, and I think we like having the status quo, so we have an excuse to be over there in that part of the world, having the South Koreans and the Japanese listening to us because oh, we've got this threat in North Korea. We better be on the side of America. You know, like. God forbid they don't fall under our control. 
Yeah, I think. You're... Well, it, North Korea doesn't help by literally threatening Japan with missiles. You know, if they don't want the U.S. to use that rhetoric against Japan, they could start by not threatening yeah, Japan. Yeah, and they probably wouldn't have these nuclear missiles if we didn't like anyone who gives them up. We fucking kill them. Anybody that tries to work with us, we just invade and destroy their country. <laughs> I mean, it's rational to develop nukes when we know what happens when America wants you out. Yeah, but they've also been developing nukes for decades. They've been in this pursuit, and I don't know that America was completely... Um, well, it probably were. Well, but they were going to give it up. You look Bill at, Clinton worked uh, out a deal, and then Bush destroyed it. Yeah, I... Oh, this I don't I recall. Breaking how, news! I, I don't think that was really... Sean Hannity reports. I don't know how close really was that. It sounded like they were engaging in, um, you know, bilateral talks, and they then had, they had Bush shut came in, but but also Kim, Kim Il's, um I always forget the order. Kim, Kim Jong-il? Yeah, he was the second one, right? Yep. So he he pulled out, too. Um, there was a lot of uh, kind of shenanigans on, on their side um, where they would kind of say, yeah, 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 we'll do this, we'll do this, we'll do this, and they're like, ah, oh, fuck you, never mind. Um, and so I think they're hardly blameless. One thing I, I found interesting is, um, did you hear this, uh, how, I don't know if you know this, heard of this guy, Victor Cha. Yeah. He was, um, I think Trump was going to appoint him, uh, was it in some ambassador? ambassador but he decided yeah. to. Yes. Cause he was kind of talking, trying to talk back the war rhetoric and he was he he wrote that book um like the impossible state that I'm like halfway through in 6 months so I I consider myself pretty well read and uh but he he talks about how North Korea has this kind of just uh, mindset mentality that the US just doesn't get or South Korea doesn't get where they keep making promises to string along string along string along and then they pull back and change their mind. But but at the meantime, they're still while they're making these promises, they're always pursuing their ultimate objectives. They're never actually changing their behavior. But what do you think they're ultimately? Because, do you think they're actually going to try to nuke the United States? Um, no, but yeah, I, mean, I, think, I don't either. <laughs> but I think, I think their ultimate goal is to get a reunification of North and South Korea. And I think they actually think that might be a possibility one day. And Wait, you think that's North Korea's goal? Or I South really Korea? think so. No, the that's North, North Korea's regime goal. just wants to stay in power and stay alive and no, stay rich. I, I don't think that has anything to do with the North Korean regime's goal. The Uns, or the Un, there's like one Un left. I think he's killed like 30 of his cousins. Um, he only wants to stay in power, like how he was saying. And it, it makes reunification is a obviously something he has to, he uses as a political tool, just like Trump uses parades and walls as political tools. Reunification obviously the only way reunification would be acceptable to Kim Jong-un is if he reunifies under him. Exactly. And that's not going to happen. Everyone knows that. So really it's just a political tool. Well, the South definitely wouldn't want to live under him. Well, if it worked, sure he'd want it. Well, no, but I mean, mean, even under their control, taking on all that debt and all that poverty and misery and like, yeah, there would be massive influx of people to the South. It would be insane. We would have to pay for like all of this probably. 
reunification can't happen in, in, in real politic. It has to just be North Korea becomes less tyrannical and frees up and then trade opens up and over time, whatever, you know, or, or I actually like what Scott Adams has floated out because it did. We actually have sort of seen that work in a real way in Beijing, the hundred year plan where the people today, it doesn't affect them in reality. They're literally all dead by the time it comes into, into effect, but it, provides that relief of in the future, the generations away from now, we're all going to be okay again. And we're all going to be better once we've had this hundred years to let things naturally progress in the right direction. That seems to actually have worked with the Beijing thing. Yeah. Technically they're under China's control now. Uh, but Beijing, I mean, I think there's no doubt that Beijing is different than China. Are you talking about Hong Kong? Am I saying the wrong thing? I meant Hong Kong. And I'm not even gonna. Okay. I'm not even gonna edit that out because that would be really yeah, hard. Yeah, because Hong Kong makes way more sense. No, what I, you're talking about. I, I, I was too. I'm like, I'm just like Beijing, Beijing, and then I'm like, why am I saying Beijing? I was actually thinking that as whatever, folks. I'm drinking very highly filled vodka and cranberries. I'm allowed to say Beijing three times when I mean Hong Kong. All right, all right. So yes, I, I obviously mean Hong Kong. Yes, it worked well with Hong Kong. Didn't work well with Beijing. They're still uh, they're still the capital of real China. So yeah. And yeah, you saw West and East Germany. East Germany was drastically yeah, different than West Germany when the wall came down and they began the reunification process. And the East is coming along. They're, they're, I don't know what the status is now for the former East versus the former West, but they're definitely uh, pretty normal now, I would guess. You would have to ask a German to know for certain, but it seemed to have happened smoothly. So when they just said the other day that the Berlin Wall has now been down for longer than it was up... I had no Swap, idea really? that, it, that it had been up for that long because it came down like when I was a little kid. It's like holy shit! I, I remember I, watching. I, I thought it. it I thought down. it was just up for like a few years or something. I didn't realize it was up for like however long, long time, decades. Yeah, I, I guess. Oh, I thought it was up for longer than that. I thought it went up like right after World War II, but I guess not. Yeah, I don't know. No, because they were. Um, did you ever see that Bridge of Spies movie? It's actually pretty good, but. So they they kind of exist that for a while. It's with Tom Hanks, and it's um, oh I know it's with Tom yeah, Hanks. Yeah. So watch it, but yeah, it came it came it. up like probably like ten or fifteen years after I think the end of World War Two. No, it was yeah late sixties maybe. I saw Atomic Blonde. That's got the Berlin Wall in it. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it's also historically All right, accurate. Uh, we're gonna switch topics. Top ten movies with the Berlin Wall in it. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. So a bunch of people in the Pride are asking about taxes, I guess. There was a lot of tax commentary. I think that would be a good way to uh, have a final topic for the show. So, because I'm two seconds from blacking out. So, and two, one, blah. Um, yeah, as far I'm still, I'm still not sure how it's affecting my. I know we're getting more money. I think um, at my where I work, they said it would be effective either the first or second week of February. So I'm not even my, pay, my last paycheck was higher than normal, my, but I also too. work some overtime and stuff. So I, I'm not exactly sure. I can't state if, you know, how much it affected me, but I did do the, you know, some of those calculators and it didn't, it's for me, it was, uh, you know, eh, it was like six, hundred bucks over the year. I'm my, just like, my paychecks know. like $80 higher and I get paid every two weeks. So that's like $160 a month more I'm taking in. See, my paychecks are always different because I do overtime. And I, I, every week is a little different, so it's hard for me to like pinpoint it. Yeah, sometimes my because uh, I get paid on the fifteenth, the first and the fifteenth, so there might be a couple. Uh, it's definitely higher, so but it might be variable. 
And I also oh, we all know it's higher because every single person's tax bracket is lower. So it's not even a question that's higher. I don't know if it's because of the corporate tax cuts and all those other things going on, but economy and taxes are doing good for me. Here's one thing to, de- to <laughs> we can debate as we wind things down. Um, and Brian kind of brought this up on Electric Liberty Land. It, the idea of, you know, Jason Stapleton has crit- criticized the tax cut as not being a tax cut. Other libertarians have. And they're correct in the sense that um, I completely agree with this conceptually. Every single dollar of government spending is a tax on the populace. That's a fact. It's actually a tax on the not poor the most because. Okay, let's hear it. If they default, it's not. <laughs> Okay, yeah, and that, and I think that's probably the only real, only realistic way out of it. But on the books, it's a tax on everybody because we're, in theory, all liable for the debt, and they end up inflating, and a- any spending ends up taxing us in some way presently, uh, whether it just means they're inflating more or whatever. So I, I completely understand and respect and agree with that uh, concept, but, however, <laughs> every dollar back in our pockets is good. Is the other way I would spend that too, because it's still uh, helping people more directly. Just like when they when they print new money, the banks are the first ones to get it, and it benefits the, them the most. Well, when when Americans and regular people are the first ones to get it, that benefits all of us the most, the people that are getting it the most. So I still think it's overall better for all of us to have more money in our fucking paychecks that they're not taking ahead of time that we can do whatever we want with that we can trade with and that i think you're gonna you see a better economy on the surface even when there's obviously a lot of underneath the surface problems but no matter what i'm always gonna agree that even when spending is not going down sending more money back not sending like letting us just not lose more money on the on the front end of that process that's always better yeah any disagreements you want to be ahead of the kind of like inflation curve and you have the opportunity to be that or do that if you get the money. Like you said, you, you keep your own money and then you can, I mean, if you just put it in the bank account or dig, you know, dig a hole and put it in the ground, well, clearly you're going to be behind that curve. But try to think of clever and ingenious things to do with it. Put it in cryptocurrency or whatever. And then, you know, that $100 you have today could be worth a thousand dollars in a year or you lose could it also be worth two cents depending nah, on what when you invested in what everything's going up don't listen to the news you'll be a millionaire in six the, months the dollar's lost like 95 percent of its value <laughs> that's a real shit coin yeah i yeah. love that stat like if what is it the dollar is worth a, or a dollar in a hundred years ago is worth a nickel today Something like that. And it would definitely be known as the biggest shit coin yeah, that exists. Exactly. <laughs> I, I kind of want to get some some of that worth worthless Ron Paul coin, even though it's, you know, it's just a, you know, it's not a serious cryptocurrency. It's just like a token named after. Some would say no cryptocurrencies are serious cryptocurrencies. Now that I've learned more about it, I agree that a lot of them are probably going to be nonsense. But the technology of blockchain, I, I mean, that seems to really have real-world applications outside of the currencies. So, you know, just like you've talked about, Howie, privately with a, a lot of us, you know, those those coins that have real-world useful applications like like file storage and that sort of thing, those have a chance to be useful. And I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the currency aspect will also take off, and I think that's possible. Especially um, the privacy but the, the, like the usefulness. People that want to buy something and not have the government or someone else know what you're buying, that's that's useful. Should Monero sponsor us? If Monero sponsored us, it would have been an ultimate paradox because 
everyone would, the government would know a narrow sponsor. We'd probably be and, all be under surveillance. <laughs> <laughs> if we're not already then we need to step up our game yeah, or we'll just keep it the way it is and that'd be alright too yeah I'm fine with that too <laughs> <laughs> JB any thoughts on taxes well uh, I'll agree with you I, I always like to see more money in my paycheck yeah, who d- whenever who I doesn't? can though I'm not sure if it's actually gone up I re- I'll need to check but I don't really feel like this is a tax cut for me it feels like a tax deferment deferment and to a point where I'll conceivably be making more money when they increase my taxes even more than they were before. That's a good. So I'm a little, point. little torn on it. And yeah, maybe I should. <laughs> I can't wait till we but have yeah. the Lions of Liberty Estate in Puerto Rico. Should be done by but next then, month. Like, they, people use this as a political tool, and I'm really like a tax cut without a spending cut. I know that's like so like overused and cliched it's like it doesn't really feel like something to celebrate when was the last time there was an actual cut not a cut to an increase but an actual we're spending this well no this, this is a this is an actual oh you mean to the spending like yeah, never yeah. I don't know. no yeah, i mean when, oh, that's what i meant oh when has there actually been a spending cut like an actual spending cut is it ever i, I don't know in the last 20 years according to the people i work with trump has been cutting everything drastically and then i try to explain to them that even the First of all, nothing's cut been cut, even in the even in the normal aspect that we talk about. But even if even things that were proposed, and even that whole sequester everything, it's just cuts to formerly proposed increases, which are still increasing. So there's never a cut, literally never a cut. And don't get me wrong, I would love to see cuts. I w- I want cuts yeah, and tax cuts, but I'll take a tax cut any day I can get it. Anytime we could keep more money to ourselves and not give it to the government to piss away. Sign me up. Yeah, all I know when the government has my money is I'm not making money on it, and I can potentially make money on it when I have it. That's, you know. So can what I ask more you a question? Consi- considering that to be the case, how do Republicans keep the reputation of being fiscally conservative when every Republican president in my lifetime who's been in office has not only not cut spending, but they increased shouldn't. it? They're hypocrites. It's just lazy. It's just you lazy know, kind of Rand Paul was the only one to... Rand Paul is the only one today trying to stop this budget from passing. That's something else we were asked to talk about, and we should, because he's kicking ass. Like, literally, this is not, I don't, it helps him politically, maybe long term with people like us. It doesn't help him politically with regular Republicans who don't care about spending, which is what most of them. Most Republicans I know are don't rage about spending. They're like wall and whatever. You know, they're not like, ooh, I, I care that we're 20 trillion in debt. I don't think I've met a human that cares about that outside of our, you know, liberty circle here. So the fact that he's standing up for this, you know, maybe it's part of his stand, stand with Rand uh, hashtag or whatever. But, you know, I've got, it's I've awesome. I've got two thoughts on it. One, best senator ever. Two, where was this ran during the presidential election? Yeah, right. Well, he did talk about the spending things a lot. I'll give him that. But he wasn't as he wasn't passionate and fiery. It was like the presidential election. The obviously we've covered this in depth um, to the max. In fact, if newer listeners don't know, we did a show called Ran Pluses and Minuses for a short time, where uh, myself and Brian McWilliams eventually he took it over a little more. Um, broke down Rand Paul during the presidential election. So you can go back and listen to every step of this process along the way by just digging back in your podcast feed, going to lionsofliberty.com slash podcast. I think we even have a specific archive. I'm going to find out. Yep. 
lionsofliberty.com slash rand. That's where you're going to go for, let's see how long it was. Boom, boom, boom. 2015. Over a year, 13 months of podcasts and articles that Brian and myself and one former another did about Rand Paul's presidential campaign. It started as articles and quickly became only podcasts. Remember when we did articles on our website? (laughs) Vaguely. God, why, why we do that? The thing about that seems like so long ago. For every ten views on an article, you can get five hundred podcast views. It's just the reality of the way people consume media nowadays. So that, we shifted according to what never, the market told us. That's why I never wrote any. I was just ahead of the curve. You were, you were, or lazy. I don't know. That doesn't matter. <laughs> I think I had a point in here somewhere. Anyway, go listen to the Rand pluses and minuses reading. That's all I'm saying. My dogs are barking. And all the debate recaps. Those were good times. Yeah, I should toss up a old uh, link for that too, but I don't have one right now. So just look through all our archives. That's all I can tell you. All, all our 2015, 2016 debate recaps. Guys, I think we've gone long enough for the main show. Do you guys have a little bonus in you? I have like maybe 10 minutes. Sure. sure. Let's do it. All right. Well, yeah, let's sign off with this left one. In the tank. Thank you so much, folks, for joining us here today. It's been a blast as always. Join the Pride if you want to hear what we're going to talk about next. That will remain a mystery for now. You can, of course, do so by heading over to lionsofliberty.com. Besides that, be sure to uh, hit that old subscribe button. You don't want to miss Brian McWilliams again this coming Wednesday with Electric Liberty Land, his look at culture, comedy, and liberty. And, of course, Odie's going to wrap this thing up on Friday. Felony Friday, man. That show has been riveting lately. I mean, it's, it's always riveting, but the last few... If you're not bawling in your car or you're, while you're mowing the lawn or wherever you're listening to the show, you do not have a soul. You really have to check out what, what Odie's been doing. Really fantastic interviews there. Uh, but until next time, folks, are you ready to live long? And guys, this is Roger Paxton, and if you're fed up with the government running every single aspect of your life, but you're not listening to the Lava Flow podcast yet, then what's wrong with you? Check us out at thelavaflow.com, or just go back to sucking up to the government. The Lava Flow podcast, striking the root every single episode. This is Chris Spangle, and I am the host of We Are Libertarians, which you can find in iTunes, Google Play, or at wearelibertarians.com. We are a podcast that brings you all of the irreverence that modern politics deserves by examining current events from a libertarian perspective. So please, check us out at wearelibertarians.com. Hey everyone, the Johnny Rocket Launchpad is Liberty. Each week we strive to bring you the best guests in talk radio. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad delivers weekly interviews of noteworthy politicians, experts, and activists. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad is bringing the party to the Libertarian Party and launching ideas in your direction. Check us out at johnnyrocketlaunchpad.com. You can hear me, Kurt Nelson, and the beautiful Heather Nixon talk about the ideas of liberty, rock and roll. Got me a bullet in the just one night while you should be a book in a home.